y'all, welcome back to Bulls with the Bard. My name is Cakes, I am your host. Today we are talking with Liz Bellows. Liz is an actor based in Portland who is currently playing Don Pedro in Much Ado About Nothing at the Canon Shakespeare Company. I will drop links and dates for that in the description. Liz also just finished their second season as an associate artist with the Original Practice Shakespeare Festival, where they most notably appeared as Laertes in Hamlet, Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, and Hotspur in Henry IV Part I. In their free time, Liz enjoys sewing, gardening, and making whimsical art, and their favorite play is Julius Caesar. Liz is here today to talk about the Original Practice Shakespeare Festival and to discuss how we can achieve gender equity in Shakespeare and beyond. We had a blast talking to each other. I'm so excited to share the conversation with you. But before that, we got a little bit high. y'all we are back talking plague things with liz bellows liz what fun stuff did you do with your quarantines um so during my quarantine i uh started on tiktok very yes. very fun um but i i also restarted my acting career during quarantine um, I had taken what I call my actor's rumspringa um, <laughs> and tried to do other things for like five years. I lived on a hippie commune. I disappeared for entirely. And then quarantine happened. Like I left, I left the, all of that, went to quarantine. It was like, I feel so dissatisfied with my life. There's nothing to do. There's acting classes online now. There's auditions online now. And so I actually was able to rejoin the theater scene because I could do it from home and not have to see people or go through like the getting over stage fright that like would happen after not being in theater for five years. <laughs> what a nice way to like ease back in. Right? I, I know that the quarantine was like, oh God, it was so fucking hard for everyone. We lost a lot of people in the theater scene and people just like did not get good at so so high <laughs> <laughs> the best part of the show <laughs> um but like I don't know I I'm grateful for quarantine because I got to be back in theater and like also self-tapes became a thing and also like we just I don't know that's what I did during quarantine <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah so now you are part of this epic amazing company called the original practice shakespeare festival which is how i found you via one of your tiktoks yes um i just want you to talk a little bit more about it in general like i think what you guys do is so cool and so valuable and amazing and so yeah just tell us about yeah. what you guys do Obstuff is absolutely amazing um so it's called the Original Practice Shakespeare Festival. Um, and we do 25 Shakespeare shows in the Portland parks um, over the course of summer, starting on the solstice, mid, um, solstice? Midsummer, starting on midsummer, that's the solstice. Um, and now we're going all the way through August. We're looking at maybe moving into the start of September because we have really bad heat here and, and had to move some shows. Um, <laughs> 
but um and we do it entirely in the um original practice way which where we only have scrolls with only our lines on it and a couple of words of cue um so we don't do any rehearsals except for like dances and fights and music um and just put on a bunch of shows <laughs> just speed run through the canon um and it's um, astoundingly queer one of the things like the main focuses of ops fest is accessibility and so like that's why we do it in the parks and we do it completely for free um we ask for donations because we are professional actors who get paid but also we want to have it so that anyone walking through the park can just stop and watch a show and you know get a little toasty and watch a show <laughs> um, it's really great in the park and we like seeing ourselves up on stage I like the we're talking about accessibility and talking about representation um I'm sorry this is way ahead I did some preparing for this <laughs> that's okay no go off <laughs> going off here we go it's so queer everyone there is so kind earlier when we were getting stoned we were talking about how um like Shakespeare people are just like really nice people and they like are very not so like they're not so toxic um in general and that's what I found with Ops Fest. I just love them all so much. They're such talented actors. The fact that we could just do 25 freaking shows, no rehearsal, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. It's, it's really amazing, like, following y'all on TikTok and seeing, like, oh, we're doing four shows this weekend, like, NBD, but also on top of, like, the amazing theater practices that you guys do, you, you also seem to care about people in a way that I don't see very frequently in the professional theater world. Like I've been so impressed by how early y'all have called shows for heat. It's like thoughtful to the audience and thoughtful to your actors rather than like canceling while people are on their way, which people do out here all the time. What? No, yeah, you gotta, oh, like, all the time. your audiences. Those are the people who pay you. Yeah. Like <laughs> We love our audiences and, and like let's we also do like a lot of audience interaction. So we really get to know our audiences. So um we don't want you guys to have to sit out there in the heat. We have a our, our new rule of thumb that we developed this year is if it's 95 degrees, it's canceled. That's a great rule. It's too hot to perform. We have too many pictures of actors laying backstage just looking like death and then getting up and doing a show. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been on stage while an actor has been uh, not good because of heat and watched the whole cast on stage be like, ha, 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 please be okay, please. Like, <laughs> you don't have to get through it. You can go, you can please, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that like theater in general has learned from the pandemic is that, no, it's okay if the show doesn't go on, it's okay. <laughs> like, we'll hold on, we'll refresh, you come first. Like, it's not just with heat. Like, if someone gets sick in ops, we're like, cool. Anybody available to play this part? And, like, you may get a week. You may get half an hour. I had half an hour last season <gasps> to prepare because someone got COVID. And so I'm like, cold reads? Not a problem anymore. <laughs> Holy cow. That's, just, I, what a great way to build skill as well. Like, that's so cool. I'm in actually another production of Much Ado, which will be my third production of Much Ado this summer um, with a different Shakespeare company. And they, I mean, they're 
fantastic and great and like all of them is great but i'm just bringing the skill from ops and just like this intensive training in shakespeare and bringing it into another production it's just it's the best education an actor could have it's oh yeah (laughs) that's awesome so another one of the practices that you guys engage with that i think is really awesome is that like gendering is kind of up in the air up for grabs for these actors um which is not necessarily an original practice but I think an equitable one uh can you talk a little bit more about that I I feel like it's kind of like an it's an equitable equitable one because one Portland is so trans Portland is so queer um that it we really want to like lean into the actors that we have who may not be getting cast as these traditional roles like in big productions um and so I I myself am trans I'm non-binary and so I've been able to explore gender and gender presentation um through ops and like so oh god I should probably explain what we do so (laughs) (laughs) what we do is um if you get a cast as a role we cast based off of ability not off of like type like almost like fuck type (laughs) what is it Um, (laughs) but yeah fuck type um and so you get to play the character either as written as your gender or a gender that you have experienced being for instance like I'm not a woman but I did play Laertes as a woman because I've had experience being a woman and it got gives you so many insights we just had a comedy of errors um this last weekend where um Antiphilus of Syracuse was gay because Luciana was a man. Ah, okay. And Luciana specifically was played by uh, a non-binary transmasculine actor. So it just is like, it lets you see the world. We're playing for God's sake. And so sometimes you get to be who you want to be. And like, what story does that tell with these 400 year old texts? The this, this thing that's been around for so long and it made the play relevant again it made the play so much more interesting to watch as a modern viewer and it also just was really fun to see like it's just fun to I wore a giant mustache it was great <laughs> uh, like, like Zorro <laughs> no oh. um, and it, it just it's a very it's a very fun way to get to explore your own gender and also like for our cisgendered actors um it's like a practice in changing fixing pronouns really fast because like Mm. we we do have like a slack thread where we'll like post all our pronouns and we try to get them all in like a week ahead of time so that we can print them in the programs but um sometimes (laughs) it doesn't happen that way and so someone's like yeah uh she her not as written and we're like okay gonna correct it the they them all of our all of our members are fine with our anyone's pronouns outside of theater I never get misgendered because we're just so practiced at it we're just like oh yep I'm misgendered and then we just do a quick correction because the show has to keep moving forward we have to keep progressing and it helps educate our audiences which we know that audiences tend to skew older especially for Shakespeare that we like as an industry attract people who like the classics who usually are grandparents you know Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. a lot of kids too 
um it just is, it's like an education for our audiences that give normalizes seeing these people as these characters normalizes seeing women loving each other we have romeo and juliet coming up this weekend they're going to be uh, an actual <laughs> non-binary lesbian couple oh yeah uh, they're oh my god i'm so excited about it it's amazing it's amazing um othello is played by our artistic director jen lanier co-artistic director jen lanier who is a black two-spirited butch lesbian amazing <laughs> she plays it every single year and so it always is yes racism yes othello and also lesbophobia and also like queer phobia transphobia like it all comes into play when you change the gender and it makes it so much more interesting i love it i love it i can never do go with, without it i don't think she theater should be ever done differently <laughs> i choose your gender i'm like listening to you talk about it and i already like so 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 wanted to be able to come and see all of your shows this season but like <laughs> now even more i'm like ah, i gotta get up there i gotta see you guys um, i'm never leaving there's gonna be time for at least to come see me <laughs> Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad because I'm, I'm like 100% we're, we're planning to move to Colorado sometime soon. So I'm coming up to see you at some point. Yeah, Colorado is so much more close than DC. Yeah. Yeah. Can get a, a cheap Spirit Airlines flight up to see you, you know. Um, when you guys do that, do your scrolls have the genders that you picked or do you have to practice like knowing so that depends on the actor so we okay. the roles that we are given are completely as written um okay. some people are on top of it enough to before they print change the genders on all of them um i would print all of mine off at the beginning of the year <laughs> and um I've misgendered a lot of people this season. <laughs> um, but uh, I I often just like write in, I just go like Hamlet, she, her, making sure that I remember that. And I do do it on the fly in my head, like in the actual script, but I have the notification written there because who doesn't mark up your script and you get to have your script on stage. So that's really nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> all your notes right there. I like- I remember it all. I've seen you explain how you guys do the rolling and I still am mind blown by the fact that y'all act while you're doing that. That's it's, it's really nice. Cause I'm, I'm also autistic. And so I'm not so good with the eye contact part, but I've got something here <laughs> and it's been a practice actually that I've had to start working on. Um, it's like, we don't really have directors because, you know, we're doing it on the fly, but our artistic directors really do act as like, the season is the entire show so you get feedback on on it's like not a rehearsal process but it's similar to a rehearsal process I'm like what can I improve like what am I doing differently hmm. um and so a note I got from Jen last year was I needed to improve my eye contact and so now I'm practicing I have the script for when I need to check and then bringing myself away from the script to be within the scene which is part of what part of part of what is so beautiful about original practice is that we did not read this the play at all beforehand some people cheat and watch some movies because who can resist watching rome or hollow crown but <laughs> we don't we 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 have that moment of realization 
in the moment. We're experiencing the show at the exact same time as you are for the very first time. Um, it's never the same cast year to year. Like the closest we ever got was that Tame Together Shrew at the beginning of the year had a lot of repeat roles. Um, I had a repeat role as Biondello, but it still was a different show. It's still like, even with a lot of like these main characters being the same, it was different because Petruchio was different. Kate was different. Like there was, an, it wasn't different enough that you're never doing the same show twice. Um, so you, yeah, you really get to have the the moments of realization, the spontaneity that can be lost through rehearsal processes. That's another thing that I really love about Ops, about this style. It's, again, the best training an actor could have. <laughs> yeah, that's so neat. It's like, even if you did have the same cast twice, like if you don't rehearse, you're never going to have the same show. Like, really amazing. <laughs> So to transition, transition us into uh, some more serious topics. Uh, I know, like, it sounds like Obsfest is doing an amazing job addressing gender equity in Shakespeare. I feel like Shakespeare is a, a weird place where, like, it does better than most theater in terms of, like, messing around with stuff and playing with things. But in my experience, a lot of that has been very binary. Um, and so I'm interested to know, like, how can we serve the non-binary community better? And like, where are we falling short? Looking at traditional casting calls, we're just kind of, you're right, we're stuck in this kind of binary with, with everything that's not Shakespeare. Um, and I think that regular theater could benefit from being a little bit fuckery I have a feeling that like devised works and new works and like the kind of more avant-garde works are actually taking it seriously but no one's gonna want to see an August Wilson changed Mm -hmm. um but I think that it'd be really good if we let people tell the story that they want to tell through the art um, and of course, we have directors. They can control that. But we also just don't see a representation in that community either of non-binary people. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's all it's all connected because by challenging non-binariness, you have to also challenge beauty standards and racial standards. And like, it's scary. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without stepping on a whole bunch of toes because I have a mission later. <laughs> but um, I also just don't think that actors and like a lot of cisgendered people like think about challenging the binary because it's so comfortable. It's a, it's a regular place to exist if it doesn't cause you disharmony. So I, I don't think that there's enough representation for non-binary people as I said earlier that their um, Opsfest is doing a really really great job and it's become kind of a safe haven for a lot of trans actors but there is I mean there's still these weird requirements on so many auditions especially so many mainstream auditions like you're supposed to list your weight on your resume you're supposed to wait list you like like those kind of things and I, the fact that I just saw Pretty Woman at the Keller. Like, why are we still doing that show? <laughs> why are we still doing that show? There's like, it, there's so many things that I want them to get to, but non-binary 
the idea of going non-binary, no binary, when they're still having trouble with gender with 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 colorblind casting or color conscious casting, like I want us to get there, but they're gonna have that means that they're gonna have to question so many things that make up the core of their foundation, that make up the core of it. And they're also terrified of scaring away their audiences. Like we said, theater tends to have a more aging audience and we're having a hard time connecting with people who can afford to go to theater that are young because none of us can afford to go see theater. I'm rushing tickets constantly. I'm so broke. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they don't want to scare away. So that's one of the reasons we do mainstream theater. So I feel like when we're looking for non-binary representation, we're going to have to look at smaller theater. We're going to have to look at Opsfest. We're going to have to look at um, Cannes Shakespeare Company. We're going to have to look at off-Broadway avant-garde devised theater is going to have trans representation because unfortunately the theater world is scared of it. They're ready for it. We're ready for a shakeup, but... Yeah, I I think uh, you're you're right on the money, especially with the like fear of scaring away audiences, and I, it's like a valid fear. I know the Globe just announced that they're doing a production with Joan of Arc, who's going to be non-binary and use they/them pronouns in the production. Yes. And the backlash, Liz, has been yeah. enormous. Just like so many people in the comments section being like this great woman figure you're erasing her like these these especially these women who are just not secure enough in their own women womanhood to realize that that's not a threat to them at all um but I was super proud Michelle Terry like released a great statement about it and so at least like there's there's some sort of push and hopefully the audience that they lose for making that choice will be replaced by young non-binary people who are excited about that choice um yeah we'll see (laughs) I feel like I feel like a lot of cis people when they're when we see us change the gender of a character they're like oh no you're changing it because you want to fix it you want to change it to something different you don't respect it but really it's just that like we're seeing ourselves in that character we're connecting so deeply to that character that we're seeing ourselves in it the thing that I got with Laertes, um, which I didn't change to be non-binary, I changed to be a woman because I consider myself like non-binary is like a neutral. I can go either direction. I can. It's like a great place to exist as an actor. It's um, I can do anything in the world I want to, <laughs> as long as I can put my mind to it, as long as I can convince and just do my work hard enough. But I changed it to she, her because I saw my sister relationship with like the sisterhood relationship I have with my sister um, in Laertes and Ophelia, in that really closeness, in that fierce devotion to grief and like that, that so much love can hurt so much. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I thought in Laertes. And so I wasn't changing Laertes because I want to have girl power. I wasn't changing (laughs) it because I want to be like edgy and trans. No, I changed it to reflect a real relationship in myself and I a, a way to portray who I am which is what acting is we're not just portraying a character it's not playing pretend it's also playing truth yeah <laughs> yes I, I was literally just about to say that's beautiful and you're gonna get a more honest portrayal that way anyway so and it's just fun to see too <laughs> it's more fun to see someone creating art than to 
see the same thing over and over and over and over again, which is why I'm really done with white male Hamlet. <laughs> Ooh, baby, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I guess speaking of all of this, do you do you have any examples of like characters or shows you would like to see specifically with like a trans or non-binary influence? I mean, I can't wait to see all of the canon in everything different. Um, we've had some women Richard the Thirds. We've had non-binary Richard the Thirds. Um, I want, there's this one actor, um, Tess, who I really want to play Richard. <laughs> they are in a wheelchair and an astounding actor. I have an amazing booming voice and they are non-binary and like just gender queer out the fucking wazoo. Um, I want to see them play Richard. Um, no, Jen, no, Brian, that's not a hint. Um, <laughs> I also want to see a lot more of the classic but not Shakespeare works done um, genderqueer. Uh, I'm really excited about the idea of doing like, oh, airplane. That's the ops best instinct is like tweet, prompt would hold. <laughs> for the airplane to get past it's a vibe an outdoor theater vibe it's like a great outdoor theater vibe sometimes we just have a bunch of naked bicyclists riding past that's an <laughs> outdoor theater vibe it's so good <laughs> um so i'm really excited about like the idea of seeing jane austen done non-binary done queer um i'm really excited like i mean what if Mr. Darcy and Lizzie were a lesbian couple? What would that work? Would that work out well? Or would their dynamic? Be I think their dynamic it would be perfect. To like, it would be great. It would be so funny, and just like being able to play with archetypical characters that, like, I I would love to see it in more modern works. I understand the hesitation with more modern works because a lot of people wanted to do it, but like Jane Austen. Let's mess with it. Oscar Wilde, let's mess with it. Let's um, see importance of being earnest. And it's just all a bunch of weird non-binary beings on stage struggling. Would be <laughs> delightful. Um, and I live, uh, so I currently live in a house that has been a, com a clown community house for several generations. We're not entirely clowns right now, but everyone is like clown adjacent and so I want to see like Beckett plays done mm -hmm. queer mm -hmm. wouldn't that be fun like waiting for Godot but it, the genders don't matter in that they really don't let's just make it whatever people want to do get weird with it <laughs> well, yeah yeah especially like I I come from the musical theater world so a lot of the time when I go contemporary I think about like all of the added necessary things that would have to happen to change a score and all of that but like yeah with with like these classic even classic contemporary plays like why not why not it really doesn't change as long as you're conscious about what you're saying with it like yeah and sometimes you end up with something that doesn't quite work. And that's one of the reasons why I like doing upsets is that we do it once and then it's done. <laughs> and if it didn't work, try again next time. Yep. Now you know. <laughs> um, 
so so yeah and then um god i'm trying to think of specific shakespeare plays that i want to see queer but it's all of them all of them <laughs> all of them i'm so excited to be playing mercutio in romeo and juliet with a non-binary couple like it's it's just gonna be very fun i would love to see comedy of errors possibly because like we had um the the gay antiphons of syracuse and i loved that and i want to see what would happen in a rehearsal process with that that would be i think very fascinating mm-hmm. um when we just did in comedies you know short and fun um <laughs> yeah i mean the whole canon <laughs> like literally i think that's um, the best answer <laughs> all of it um oh, i'm trying to because we honestly I, at this point i'm trying to think of things like what haven't i seen already we've done gender reversed macbeths we've done gender queer macbeths um i think at this point like we've seen uh old uh no i just think of one so we have seen um elderly romeo and juliet but they were a straight couple Ooh. that was a very interesting one I want to see two old lesbians. <laughs> it's funny. It's so fascinating because like Romeo and Juliet, you like it's people saying like, no, you can't get married to get married to this guy. No, you know, you're like an infantilization. And then it turns into the infantilization of the elderly being like, you need to, we need your money to go there here and like still finding love. And then dying together (laughs) that's so interesting though like because that's that's real like it's real (laughs) yeah yeah gosh I think I've what I've learned from this interview is that I just like want all of the non-original practice Shakespeare companies to be more like ops fest (laughs) do weird shits no like come on (laughs) try it I'm like what we're acting is a weird career it's not something that you would understand if you look at our like how we like hone our craft it's like I need to go do um weird squats and try to climb over my garden fence I'm preparing for Romeo (laughs) Uh uh that's that's a weird thing that's a weird thing to do so why don't we get weird with it in productions amen (laughs) I think that that is a great place to wrap up Liz (laughs) thank you so much for coming on I am so excited to have used this opportunity to officially meet you um we we met for all you people out there we met via TikTok just like chatting in the comments and such and it's like we know each other but we we this is the first time we've spoken so exactly we see each other's like weird thoughts and then and then yeah you know it's it's wild and wonderful to love a person from far away but I have so much love for you Liz and I'm so glad so so glad that I got to have you on thank you thank you so much for having me on this was so much fun If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Liz, the Original Practice Shakespeare Festival, and Bulls with the Bard at the handles either on your screen or in the description. Tune in next week as we talk with Renia Brown about what it has been like to jump back into acting in the middle of a pandemic, and we continue our conversation about how the Shakespeare community can do better by the Black community. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you all next week.
Bye, y'all. A thousand, thousand sighs to save, oh, lay me where sad true lover never find my grave to weep there.